What is Dharma? And what the force does it have to do with Star Wars? The Dharma is the Buddhist teachings that point to the true nature of reality, like an X-Wing targeting computer that zeroes in on the bullseye. The Dharma isn't the target, the truth itself. It only hangs us in the right direction. That's because the true nature of reality isn't something that can be understood through the words or concepts, but it's the way that you live your life right now, free from the confusion or the forced religious beliefs and physiology. The Dharma directs us from the truth of reality or heart of real life. Today we're taking a spiritual look on the Star Wars through the key concept of Dharma. You're listening to Han Talks First. So welcome back, everybody, to episode 77 of Han Talks First. I hope you're having a great Wednesday, and I hope that your first week of 2021 is a promising one. Now, today's episode is a little different than the normal episodes, where we usually talk about the latest news or events happening in Star Wars, but actually more of an editorial about Star Wars. Like I said, we're taking a spiritual look at the franchise from the point of the Dharma. Now, this was actually an episode I've been wanting to do since I first started this podcast two years ago. And the idea came to me when I got a book called The Dharma of Star Wars. Now, most of topics today will be provided by this book, written by Matthew Bortolin. It's a great read. It's I have the revised version, so it's a new edition. This book really inspired me and helped me out a lot when I first got it. Other bits of literature that we are using as sources for today's episode also come from, believe it or not, a music book I have. I, For those of you that don't know, I'm a musician, and... A few years ago, I got this book called Zen Guitar, which actually relates more to everyday life than just the guitar, believe it or not. That book, too, also inspired me. I used to read a passage of it before I played a show. Being that we just got off the coattails of 2020, I haven't played a show in a really long time. So (laughs) I consider this episode my performance of the year. So... If you're new to Han Talks First, welcome. We don't normally do episodes like this, but every once in a while, I like to do a special episode, special edition, if you will. Uh, Last season, I did an episode titled The Science of Star Wars, where we talked about the technological advancements in the Star Wars world versus our reality and how we've learned from Star Wars how we, in some ways we've surpassed Star Wars science, and in other ways we're still learning to approach the science of Star Wars and how ahead of the times George Lucas was when writing that first script for A New Hope back in 1977. 
but we're not talking about this today. If you're interested in checking that out, please go through the arc, the Jedi archives on your podcast host of choice, and you'll find the episode titled The Science of Star Wars. Okay, so without further ado, let's jump in to the main topic today. So I'd like to start off first by talking about mindfulness. George Lucas loves to implement different types of culture into the Star Wars franchise, mainly mixing both Eastern and Western psychologies and life experiences. So we're starting off this episode today talking about mindfulness or Jedi meditation. Mindfulness is awareness. It's attention. It is alertness. It's the opposite of spacing out or being forgetful. There is this Zen expression that goes, if we live in forgetfulness, we die in a dream. Qui-Gon Jinn once told Obi-Wan in The Phantom Menace to be mindful of the living force. Now, being mindful of the living force means that recognizing that life isn't just happening to us, but we are happening to life. And we are contributing to this world that everybody shares. We can make it a better place if we keep our concentration here and now. And if we live in the forgetfulness, we'll just keep grumbling at people for being who they are. When we live in mindfulness, we know what needs to be done to calm fears and soothe worried minds, therefore not leading us down the path of the dark side. By developing what the Jedi call mindfulness, we can also let go of the concepts that separate us from directly experiencing reality. When you're listening to this podcast, for example, you know that you're listening to a podcast. But if your thoughts drift off onto what you're going to eat for dinner tonight or what you would do if you had Jedi powers, then you're not listening mindfully. When you're listening to a podcast, you should focus on listening to that podcast. And when you're making dinner for your evening meal or wondering what you would do if you had Jedi powers, <laughs> then you'd be focusing on making your dinner and what you would do with your Jedi powers. So let's look at Luke Skywalker, first of all. Since I think he's a prime example from when we're, talk when we're talking about the Dharma of Star Wars. Now, Luke Skywalker learned mindfulness from, of breathing on his first visit to Dagobah in The Empire Strikes Back. While he's climbing vines or dashing through the, the undergrowth or leaping logs, uh, carry, uh, force holding rocks, his master on his back, or is being instructed on the dangers of the dark side of the force. Luke's mind is racing with a thousand questions a minute, all about the dark side. Is the dark side stronger than the good side of the force? How can I distinguish it from good? And how can I know not to do certain things? Luke's questions come in such a rapid-fire manner that it's clear to Master Yoda that Luke has lost touch with what he's doing in the here and now. Noticing this, sensing Luke's mind was running away from him, he brings the lesson to an end, and he says, Nothing more will I teach you today. Clear your mind of questions. Please forgive my Yoda impersonation. <laughs> I might do it again here, but <laughs> uh, I'm working on it, okay? So anyway, Yoda is inviting Luke to leave behind the world of questions, the world of concepts and ideas, 
and return to the direct experience of life. And we see this multiple times in the Star Wars universe. We see this with Rey. We see this with Anakin. Sometimes the apprentices of these concepts fail, and it leads them either fully to the dark side of the Force or down the dark path. But sometimes, in the case of Luke Skywalker, they learn to deal with these. They learn to deal with mindfulness and their surroundings and be one with the Force around them. To continue to elaborate on this idea, I want to talk a little bit more about the dark side. Since a lot of the times when I hear people talk about the Force, they love to talk about the light side and what it means. And honestly, in the Skywalker saga, most of the lore we get from those movies is about the Jedi and the light side viewings of the Force. So let's talk about the dark side. You know, since we talked about the Jedi and the dark side of the Force, you know, what, what, is, what is the Sith up to during all of this? We all know that saying from the Phantom Menace. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Once you go down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. And Yoda talks about the series of emotions that lead a person to the dark side of the Force. While both sides of the Force deal with emotions... And the light side is about controlling them and knowing how to use them. And the dark side is about being controlled by them. So how many times in a Star Wars duel between good and evil does the villain always say, Release your anger. Vader did it to Luke. Dooku did it to Obi-Wan. The Emperor did it to Anakin. Like we, we hear that all the time. It goes on and on countless times in this universe. Darth Maul once said that fear is my ally. And that fear is something that the Sith use to weaken people, to corrupt them, and bend them to their will. It's very effective. It's a very effective instrument. The Jedi's purpose is actually not to destroy fear, and also not to destroy the dark side, but it's to show us that the things that are problems in our lives aren't aren't things that should terrify us, but things that we should overcome. Fear itself is born out of misunderstanding of the true nature of reality. You know, Anakin is a great, a great example of misunderstandments of reality. He misunderstood his reality almost his entire life. And we can see what happens when you don't control your emotions and how it overwhelms you and the dark side consumes you. Remember when he slaughtered those Tusken Raidens? Uh, Raidens. The Tusken Raiders? He was overcome with so much grief in that moment when his mom died. I mean, you can't blame him. But that grief turned into hatred to all of her murderers, and also a little bit of everything that's been done to him wrong in the past, such as Watto being a slave, being taken from his mother, you know, not feeling like he fits in anywhere. And it drove Anakin to slay all the Tusken Raiders. You know, not just the men, but the women and the children too. Oh, Anakin. Okay, I'm going to try and stop with the impersonations. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But Anakin has a constant battle between his mindfulness and his emotions. And this is what ultimately leads him down the dark path. And his, his counterpart, Padme, for example, 
is ironically more of a Jedi than Anakin ever was. Was, not is. Yes, Anakin does turn into a Jedi at in the sixth movie, hence Return of the Jedi, but you know what I mean. Padme, I believe, is more on the ideals of what a Jedi is supposed to be than Anakin ever was in the prequel trilogy. I mean, you have her trying to reassure him throughout the movies that to be angry is to be human. I think she says that in Attack of the Clones after he talks about how angry he is when his mom died. You know, his idea of being a Jedi is that he should always be calm, serene, and detached from the mundane human emotions, but he misunderstands that all of those things should come in moderation. So what he does is he detaches himself completely from all of those things causing much confusion to him, therefore affecting his mindfulness and bringing out his inner dark side. Star Wars is such a great example for all these real-world issues, and this is another reason why I love these movies. You know, another reason why it sticks out so much to me and to other people is because Western culture tried so hard to stray away from Eastern cultures. And I think we lost something when we did that. You know, Western culture is a very young idea. And we can learn more from older traditions and older storytellings. And that's one of the beautiful things about Star Wars and why it feels so refreshing. Because it's a combination of both. So following the dark side, I want to talk about karma. Especially since we're talking about Darth Vader a lot. Darth Vader is a prime example of karma in both the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. In Return of the Jedi, for example, Darth Vader makes a decision that changes everything. He chooses to forsake the dark side and to destroy his evil master and thereby saving his son, even as he brings about his own death. Karma is about what you're doing right now, in the moment. And the past is gone, and the future is only a fantasy. Here and now, we can choose to perpetuate the mistakes of our past, or stop them and take a new course. Good can be realized only in the present. Only when you are fully present here and now can you know what it is the right thing to do at that moment. Before Luke was going to confront his father, Obi-Wan was telling him that he cannot escape his destiny and that he must uh, face Darth Vader again. And then Luke tries to tell Obi-Wan, you know, I won't kill my father. There's still good in him. I can feel it. So Luke was not being controlled by his past at this point in the story. Yet he was in the present moment where he was free to choose, to choose what he was going to do and knowing that his choice could save the galaxy. And he was standing, when he was standing in the throne room, he did make the right choice. He deactivated his saber. He tossed it to the side. You know, he could have made that decision before he ignited the weapon, right? But he chose to ignite it, defend himself against his father, and then in the moment, after realizing where he was at that time, chose to control his emotions, toss away his lightsaber. You know, he couldn't have pre-planned or reasoned out that moment. It's... 
It's all what's happening in real time. And what helped him get there was meditation. What the first thing we talked about and mindfulness, his meditation trained him to be in the here and now and to see things as they are and to be grounded so that our choices aren't made from a place of passion or emotion, but from a place of intuitive insight gained from mindfulness. And one of the last things I'm going to talk about in the Dharma of Star Wars is the combination of wisdom and compassion. Now, these are two great qualities of mankind. And ultimately, it's what the Jedi were supposed to stand for, being wise and being compassionate. You know, outside of all their narrow views on politics and the Force, and to be wise and compassionate was their ideal motive. Wisdom develops from careful observation of our nature and the naturalities of life. Wisdom is the fruit of meditation, mindfulness, and diligent effort. Wisdom is the inside of the way things are that freezes from the shroud of the dark side. And compassion is the aspiration and strength to relieve the suffering and sorrow from another person. Again, we go back to Luke Skywalker. He's the best example of this. In his final confrontation with Vader, where he shows a perfect balance of wisdom and compassion. You know, after, the, after his first confrontation with Vader on Cloud City, Luke knows that there is still good that remains in his father. He says he felt it. And Obi-Wan, I guess you could argue, was never as compassionate as Luke Skywalker, for he could not see that in Vader. Obi-Wan couldn't see that in his own apprentice. So in some ways, Luke is more of a Jedi than Obi-Wan was. Now, before you get mad at me or shut me down, I'm going to come back to that point. So don't, don't be upset. But Luke's own wisdom and compassion for his father, you know, that's not enough to turn Vader back to the good side, but it did help his destiny. Because Vader had to turn himself into the person he was going to be. You know, when Luke turned in himself to the Imperials, and he was walking with Vader on the balcony, and they were waiting for that elevator to take them up to the spaceship so they can go confront the Emperor. Luke tries his best to get Vader to see his true self. You know, he says, I want you to know uh, Anakin Skywalker, the name of the man you used to be. And we can only offer others compassion and support and, for, and wise advice. That's what Luke was doing in this moment. But only they themselves can remove the shroud of ignorance from their heart and mind. You know, Luke doesn't tell his father what he should or should not do. He simply directs Vader back to himself to search his own feelings, to investigate his own mind, and discover the truth that it's not too late for him, but he can still lift himself out of the dark side. You know, he says it himself, search your feelings, you know it to be true. Bring back my father. This is the Jedi way. And it's also the Dharma way. Return of the Jedi is a little underappreciated, I believe. That whole last act of that movie is so powerful, and it could make a grown man cry. (laughs) It really could. For as little action as there is compared to the other two movies, and as little adventure as the other two movies, that's just my opinion. That last movie is more about the 
the development of what it means to be a Jedi and what it means to be an ideal human. Now, let me bring up that Obi-Wan thing again, because I know a lot of you are probably a little upset about that (laughs) when I said that Luke is more of a Jedi than Obi-Wan. Now, to be fair to Obi-Wan Kenobi, he, he could have known all along that was, there was still good in Vader. Maybe not at the time when he <laughs> ripped all his limbs off in, on Mustafar, but maybe sometime after that, whether it was meditation on Tatooine, watching over Luke after a while, seeing similarities in his son, or just you know being more mindful of himself and how he treated Anakin. But since the time had passed for him to exist in the physical realm, he could not confront Vader the way he, he wished he had. You know, he passed away. He was now a force ghost. So maybe what he was doing when he was telling Luke to confront Vader and he must kill his father, what if it was a test? What if he was testing Luke in ways that should have forced him down the dark side? What if it was a way to test Luke's patience with his emotions, to get him to go forward to confronting his father without the means of a lightsaber. You know, Obi-Wan was there from the beginning of Luke's life, constantly helping him along the way. And I, I believe that, you know, I definitely don't believe Luke is a better of a Jedi than Obi-Wan. In some ways, yeah. But in other ways, I do believe Obi-Wan is more of an established Jedi. I mean, he taught Luke everything he knows. I do believe there's a lot of time not spent on camera that Luke and Obi-Wan were still talking to each other. But I just wanted to point that out because I wanted to uh, play both sides equally. So maybe Obi-Wan knew about the good still inside of Darth Vader. So I'm going to close by saying just a few more things here about what Dharma is exactly, in case I lost you a little bit through all of this. Dharma is a concept of central importance in not just our philosophy, but Indian philosophy and religion. You know, it has multiple meanings in Hinduism, in Buddhism, in Jainism. It is difficult to provide a single concise definition for what Dharma is, as the word has a long and varied history and straddles a complex set of meanings and interpretations. But there is no equivalent single word synonym for Dharma in our Western language. You know, the root of the word Dharma is diri, which means to support, hold, or bear. It is the thing that regulates the course of change by not participating in change, but that principle which remains constant. It really depends on the context you're using it in. And, I mean, its meaning has evolved in different ideas and developed throughout history. So the only way I can present it to you here is in the form of Star Wars. And as we said, it's in ways of being mindful. It's embracing your emotions, controlling your emotions, so you don't fall to the dark side. Because... The dark side you should live with. You should live with the dark side of you. It's all about controlling it and knowing how to use it and when to use it. Just moderation. It's all about karma, being in the here and now. And it's all about wisdom and compassion. And if you, I guarantee you all, if you follow 
these four main things, I guarantee you that you can be a Jedi. I mean, you could be whatever you want to be. But if you want to be the ideal Jedi that Master Yoda was, that Obi-Wan was, that freaking Luke Skywalker was, we need wisdom and compassion. We need to be in the here and now. We need to be mindful. And we also need to control our emotions and know when to use it so that the dark side of the path, the path of the dark side, will not dominate our future. So that's it for you guys today. I do highly, highly recommend the book, The Dharma of Star Wars. Again, the author is Matthew Bortolan. It's a very good read. A lot of what we talked about here today is from that book. I threw in some other examples, and I have some other sources here as well. Um, but it's and if you're if you're a musician, or or not, it doesn't matter. If you just want a good read and know how to <clears throat> live with dharma and you know all of these traits that we talked about, Zen Guitar is also another great book to read. You don't have to be a musician to read it. It applies to all walks of life. It just happens to hit a little differently if you also play guitar. But this was an episode I've been wanting to do for two years. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. it. I put a lot of work into this one, and it means a lot to me. I love these types of conversations, words of wisdom, that kind of stuff. You know, it makes me feel good. It makes me want to go out and do stuff. It makes me want to be a better person. Maybe it does to you as well. I would love to know your thoughts. So if you would love to have a conversation with me, you can hit me up on social media at Han Talks First. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. If you message me on Instagram, I'm most likely to get back to you. But if you want additional content outside of the podcast, please check out the YouTube page. YouTube is also Han Talks First. We put up tons of videos all the time. Different subjects, different content, rumors, you know, leaks, uh, <laughs> top 10 facts and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's really fun, and I have a lot of fun doing it as well. And it's growing at a steady rate. And, um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating if you if you want to do that kind of thing, you know. Um, but, yeah, we do episodes every Monday and Wednesday here. So if you liked what you heard, please come back next Monday. We're going to have a fresh episode for you there. And until next time, my friends, somehow, some way. Somewhere this week, may the force be with you. <laughs>